What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Sunday night, week seven in the books, thankfully. And you know what? Look, look, did it stink? Yeah, it kind of stunk, right? But it's fantasy football. This is the beauty of fantasy football. It doesn't matter how good the NFL games are. The only thing that matters are the stats. But what's going on with the Chiefs? We got to talk about that. Uh, Adam Azer and Dave Richard and Heath Cummings here. We can just we can just get excited now about Cardinals Packers next week. Um, I- yeah, go on. I, I really enjoyed. Like we could all say something we enjoyed today. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the Lions' performance against the Rams and the the onside kick and the fake punt and the the, the huge DeAndre Swift day. That fourth quarter, I was pulling for the Lions, and like everything else, Week Seven, it turned to crap. But the first three and a half quarters of that game, I really enjoyed. And I enjoyed, not only did I enjoy Dearness Johnson on Thursday, but I enjoyed Khalil Herbert being the first running back this year to go for 100 yards on the vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. I enjoyed Devontae Booker coming through for a touchdown and 14 PPR points. Excitement with Devontae Booker. And I also enjoyed James Conner coming through for a nice game for those who were brave enough to start him. Ooh, I'm just looking now. There was a running back who rushed for 100 yards against the Buccaneers last year. Yep, I know who. Oh, yeah, Dalvin Cook. Does Heath know who? Oh, Heath, do you know who Dalvin Cook is? I No, I could have <laughs> used him this week. Yeah, well, all right, so it's Dalvin Cook. I'm, a, I'm enjoying the Jamar Chase show. Very thankful for Jamar Chase. And uh, today is National Tight Ends Day, so happy National Tight Ends Day to those of you listening on Sunday. If you missed it, please celebrate it on Monday. Um, and here are the tight ends who scored a touchdown today. Uzama scored two. Dave? Uzama! <laughs> scored twice on three targets with 91 yards. Gasicki scored. Tunyon scored. Ertz scored. Moreau scored. Michael Pruitt scored. I knew a tight end was going to score against the Chiefs. Michael Pruitt! Pruitt scored, and Hunter Henry scored for the fourth straight game. Let's get a big winner and a big loser. Heath, you can give me the big winner since it was your idea to be optimistic. I like that. Give me the big winner from week seven. Oh, I think there was no bigger winner than Dave Richard with his just stunning takes across the board this week. The Bengals offense, Joe Burrow going like obviously going to win the MVP now, completely dominating the Ravens. 
uh, Zach Ertz getting into the end zone, the running back, all the running backs that he suggested. It was a fantastic week for Dave. Congratulations, Dave. The squirrel that is blind will occasionally find an acorn. That's the old saying. That is, yeah, perfectly put. Uh, but I think we could go to, well, we can go to Joe Burrow. I mean, I know that was a, a winner for Dave, but 34 fantasy points. I believe he is QB1 as of right now. I know Kyle. No, I'm pretty sure it's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I got him. I had him at 34. And now I'm seeing him at 32. But Tua, Stafford, Burrow, Brady all had 32 to 33 points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. So great day for Burrow. Uh, 416 yards. Got a lot of help from Jamar Chase. But yeah, it's good stuff. Dave? That, oh, Heath? That, that, that Jamar Chase play. Oh, yeah. Like that was the play where, well, well, we'll save it for later. Go ahead, Dave. It's your winner. It's your day, Dave. I, uh, I was excited to see it. He was beating man coverage and dealing with the blitz well for most of the game. It did not start off very well for Burrow. It's the game I paid the most attention to. Um, but he got rolling, and honestly, a lot of it was just Jamar Chase. Obviously, he had 200 yards. He was outstanding. And I've started to think about how fun it's going to be seeing these two together for a long, long time. And if it continues for the rest of the year and there's no downturn, there's no rookie wall for Jamar Chase, he just keeps on going. Is he in the conversation for wide receiver one in 2022 fantasy football drafts? And if he is, then where's Joe Burrow in the conversation among quarterbacks in 2022? These are the things that I start to think about uh, in between, you know, during commercials of football games, really. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about where are guys in 2022, then I've got my my football player big winner. Um, I don't think, I know they didn't in the first 58 minutes of the game. I don't think the Lions threw a pass to Jamal Williams today. The, 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 they did the carries were still pretty close between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but all of the running back targets went to Swift. For the first time all season, he produced fantasy points in the first quarter. I believe it was the first time in three weeks they had scored a touchdown in the first half. DeAndre Swift was a super-duper star, and he had points taken away by penalty as well. Like He was phenomenal in this game. He might be a top-five running back in 2022 drafts. I think you've got to absolutely consider it, and I believe this was the first time this year the Lions ran a play with the lead. Yeah, in a football game, and they ran several yeah. plays. With the Maybe league. it was in the More first half. Maybe it wasn't the whole thing. Like, yeah, they were half. competitive in this game. It was exciting to see. Swift played seventy-five percent of the snaps. Half of the red zone snaps that Detroit had went to Swift. Obviously, the other half went to Jamal Williams. Thirteen of sixteen snaps on third down or fourth down belonged to DeAndre Swift. He's the feature guy in Detroit. Biggest loser, Dave. Biggest loser this week. The biggest loser that I'm gonna come out of the gate with is going to be Allen Robinson. And I just think it's it's time to part ways if you haven't already. It's been really disappointing. Justin Fields looks terrible behind that offensive line. Not that look, a lot of quarterbacks are going to look bad against Tampa Bay's D, but he looked he there were plays right off the bat where he just had no time to throw. We've started talking today again during the games, during commercials about whether or not Allen Robinson should even be on the Bears after the trade deadline. And maybe Chicago, knowing that they'll get some sort of compensatory pick, they're not going to pony up another franchise tag for him. Why not try and trade him away? And that led to another conversation about, well, is he even really that great anymore? Is he a number one alpha wide receiver anymore? And I think the answer is kind of no. So 
this is a receiver that you're never going to have confidence starting until he has at least one really good game, and he's going to need a good matchup following that game, and you're going to need to have confidence in his quarterback following that game, and I just don't know if it's going to be there anytime soon. So I, I say, and I, maybe we're a week too late on this, but it's time to cut the losses if you haven't already with Allen. But Robinson. should you wait till the trade deadline, just in case? You could, but we there also haven't been any rumors about the Bears trading Allen Robinson. This yeah. isn't like the NBA or Major League Baseball, where a team that's clearly not going anywhere does start to sell off its parts. The NFL typically does not do that. I think they'd have to fire so, Nagy before they did it too. Like if he's if he's coaching for his sure. job this year, I'm not sure you can trade Allen Robinson out from under him. Not that Robinson's helping them win right now. I don't. And what's their record? What's their record? Oh, they're still in it. Yeah. Right. So that's another reason why they wouldn't trade away Allen Robinson is because they can legitimately look the players in the eye and say, we're not out of anything yet. Well, the trade deadline is November 2nd. So if you can wait a week, you know, just maybe maybe it's worth it because you don't want to pass up on the talent of Allen Robinson if he gets traded to a better situation. But right now, Justin Fields has not thrown for more than 209 yards in any of his starts. He's been at 68 yards, 209, 111, 174, 184. And it's just really hard to have a good wide receiver when you have that anemic of a passing game. Um, okay, and uh, that's uh, those are some winners and losers for you. we got a lot more to get to as well. We have to talk about the big injury news, the best and the worst from this week. Um, let's see. What are we promoting today? Ben Schrager. Hold on. I think I know. Oh, Alexa flash briefings. That's right. So FFT is now, there's so many ways you can listen to our show or watch our show, but we're also on an Amazon Alexa flash briefings. You can ask Alexa to add CBS sports fantasy football today to your Alexa flash briefings. Please do that. Amazing stats for you here. Cooper cup previous three seasons. He averaged 69.3 receiving yards per game. Right now, he is at 115.6 yards per game. That's nicer. He has, not, yeah, it's almost double. I mean, it's not quite, but it's it's amazing. Nine touchdown catches in seven games. His career high is 10. Aaron Jones has two games this year now with fewer than 20 rushing yards. He actually had three games in 2019 with 21 or fewer rushing yards. He still finished top five, but pretty wild that two games this year with fewer than 20 is rushing yards. Aaron Jones running back Tyler Lockett. No, no, no. No, please, no. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, and the Jets... The, Tyler Lockett's been pretty good. A lot of you probably... Yeah, not, not Aaron Jones. Good. A lot of you probably know this, saw it today, but the Jets have not scored in the first quarter this season. That's amazing. And NFL on CBS had a tweet at NFL on CBS. The last team to go scoreless in the first quarter in each of their first six games. Did you guys see this? Mm-mm. I'm seeing it now. The 2008 Detroit Lions, and they went 0 and 16. Oh. Ooh, an omen. <laughs> yeah. All right, news and notes, news and notes. So, who's the waiver wire? I guess the good thing about this week was we didn't have a slew of injuries. But the Jets already won a game. They did. Oh my God, they beat the they beat the Titans. Yeah, the Titan. I forgot Wait. about that. All well, right, they might remember the Titans. I, do. I sure do. Beating the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back weeks. Not bad. So who's the waiver wire guy to pick up based on the injuries? We've got Miles Sanders' ankle, Josh Jacobs' chest, um, Malcolm Brown, uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, those first two. Uh, I guess Gainwell is going to be on the top of the list for now. As we go through it, we'll mention some other guys. He played more snaps than Boston Scott. He dominated passing downs. 
ahead of Boston Scott. What we can get the, into that a little bit what later. What was the snap count after he fumbled? Because I felt like it was just all him, and then he fumbled, and then it was a lot of Boston Scott. I'd have to go and double. Go I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought he fumbled pretty early in the game, didn't he? I thought he did too. Well, he only had five carries. How many did Scott have? Seven, I think. Okay, yeah, it's worth it's worth looking at. Um, but Scott and Gainwell are going to be added. We don't know the severity of anybody's injuries right now, but Josh Jacobs are sort of downplaying. He avoided serious injury. They do have a bye. So as of right now, as of 8.30 p.m. on Sunday night, it's it, maybe we'll say optimism that he won't miss much time, if any, but we'll know more tomorrow, hopefully. Um, yeah, as far as the Eagles go, would you gain well over Boston, Scott? I yes. guess. Okay. Yeah. We need a lot more information. Mahomes is going to play next week. He cleared the concussion protocol. They took him out of the game because he's just not a good quarterback anymore. Right. Didn't throw it. Oh, oh, wanted man. to give the rest of the players a chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold, on the other hand, got pulled because he's not a good quarterback anymore. I think it's because he's Sam Darnold. Uh, but he will be the starting quarterback next week when they face the Falcons. What if they haven't traded for Deshaun Watson. Can, can you trust him next week at the Falcons, Sam Darnold? No, what do you no, he's not done anything trustworthy all season long. He ran for some touchdowns early in the year. He's hey, been a horrible passer. Hey, you and I both started Robbie Anderson this week, okay? We did. Whoa, we did. you did? Yeah, yeah. two leagues for did me. For sure. What happened? You started him in a 10-team league. Yeah, well, a lot of injuries in that league. Uh, what I happened? I started on one team, Dante Pettis and Khalif Raymond. Hey, did you on win? The same team. Is that, awesome. a, is that your tank tankathon team? No, okay. no, I might win that one. All right, good job, man. Oh, good. I want you to win the tankathon. No, I'm not going to win that one. I, I've got like 45 points. You can't tank with me, Dave. <laughs> nice little, a cute with? little, a cute little tanking in week seven, but <gasps> oh, he man. scored like six more points. A winless team. Oh, yeah, so I beat happy. him. Beat that team earlier this year. So, uh, Johnu Smith left with a shoulder injury. My, Malcolm Brown's injury was a big deal. Miles Gaskin had a huge workload. He was obviously a big winner. We'll talk about Miles Gaskin. He'll be on the losers list next week, I'm sure. Uh, JK. Mike Davis, I don't know if you guys saw anything on this, but late in the game, he hobbled off in the fourth quarter, I think in the final two minutes. So yeah. we'll check on Mike Davis. But Maybe his- Wayne Gallman's the handcuff now, but Mike Davis didn't matter before he held off. It's true. And Zach Wilson is expected to miss some time with a knee injury. Hope you stash the Bengals DST. They get the Jets next week. We'll do a little buy or sell, and then we'll get into the winners and losers again. Buy or sell, Terod Taylor, who may or may not play next week, will revive Brandon Cooks' season. Cooks had 21 yards on seven targets, and that's uh, 47 or fewer yards in three of his last four games. So he's really struggling. He gets the Rams next week. So buy or sell, Terod Taylor will revive Brandon Cooks' season. I'll buy it. I just hope that Tarad doesn't come back next week. The Texans take on the Rams next week. Got a feeling that even if Tarad plays, Brandon Cooks is not going to have a very good game, despite what Khalif Raymond did against those vaunted Rams. Regardless, after that Rams game, it's Dolphins by Titans, Jets, Colts, Seahawks, Jags. Like Brandon Cooks' season <laughs> yeah. is going to be just fine no matter who the quarterback is, I think. All right. Calvin Ridley is still a great buy low after 26 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Calvin Ridley is still a great buy low, buy or sell. I still think it's a, I I think he's a good buy low and I think you can start to think of trying to buy even lower on him now than before this game. 
Do you have his ADOT in this game? I don't know if I do. Let me see if I can find it. I saw a lot of short uh, stuff, a lot of short stuff with him. Because that's the problem. And everything I saw to Kyle Pitts was 25 yards right. downfield. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Pitts was their outside, like, X receiver today. <laughs> At least when Calvin I, Ridley's average depth of target for the season was 10.8. It was 14.3 last year. Give me one second. Um, I I just don't like, even if he's getting 10 targets a game, it's almost like he's not, it's not the juju role, but he's moving that direction. Kyle Pitts' A dot was 18.5 yards. Calvin Ridley was 6.8. 6.8. Where was Russell like Gage and Hayden Hurst in relation to 6. Calvin Ridley? 6.8. Holy cow, that's terrible. Uh, Russell Gage and Hayden, Hayden Hurst were higher. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Gage, Gage had like 40 air yards on one play. Right. right. All right. So, so what are we doing? Buying or selling that he's still a great buy low? Because he, look, he's still getting double digit targets consistently. I'm holding Calvin Ridley. I'm selling that he's a great buy low. Okay. That's a good good way to put it. Um, buy or sell Brandon Bolden, 7% rostered, is a must-add. Six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, inactive. Uh, yeah, I, I think this could end up being a fooled you, but mm. maybe not for a couple of weeks. Bolden looked amazing. This is the best Brandon Bolden's ever looked. Uh, maybe in his entire pro career, which he's had this kind of an opportunity, right? The 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 Jets have had a lot of best of players ever looked <laughs> against them <laughs> over the past few years. Um, I, I think they were they were giving up the most receiving yards per game. The running backs, right? And this is um, they are terrible at this. They're really terrible at basically football. Um, but I just think, especially with it being a late game next week, how are you going to have any confidence? whether Stevenson's going to be active. And if if Stevenson was active, are you going to feel comfortable starting Brandon Bolden? No. no but, the thing is, he, he gets almost no carries, so there's that. You know, It's not like James right. White would get a handful or Chase Edmonds or something. He gets there's no none. way I'd feel good with him in a non-PPR league. Maybe in a deeper half-PPR league. The only leagues where I'd really be interested in adding Brandon Bolden back onto a roster full PPR, six-plus bench spots, and I know that I've got some bye weeks to... Uh, what was that, Heath? I, I needed, like a, needed, a little, needed a little Eli Mitchell in my life today. Oh, oh you got it. You I got, got a little Eli. Nice. All right, Dave. Yeah, so 7% added, uh, 7% roster for Brandon Bolden. And yeah, full PPR. You got to have six-plus bench spots and bye weeks coming up. And the Jets do, in fact, allow the most receiving yards per game to running backs, and he had he had 79 of them in a touchdown today. Uh, buy or sell, Zach Ertz is better than Dallas Goddard rest of season. Ertz had 66 yards in a touchdown. Goddard had 70 yards, no touchdown. Um, but he did have a two-point conversion. He did have a two-point conversion, yes. So buy or sell, Ertz is better than Goddard rest of season. Also. I'm going to sell two. Um and the thing that I'm worried about with Ertz is that he's going to be a touchdown-dependent tight end. Five targets in this game. And not that by, by the fourth quarter, Arizona really wasn't airing it out very much. Next week, they'll be far more competitive. Maybe that's a game where he'll see six or seven targets. But the Cardinals have made it pretty clear. They want to spread the ball around as much as possible. Um, that's what we've seen for most weeks. And I think that Ertz is probably going to live right around five targets per game, which means it's going to be hard for him to pick up 70 yards without... Uh, it's going to be hard for him to pick up 70 yards, period. So touchdown or bust tight end, but one of the best ones this year. You know what's a great feeling when you 
you roster Jalen Hurts and you start him, and you're watching the game and you're just like, gosh, this is not going to be a good game for Jalen Hurts. And every week it's a good game for Jalen Hurts. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, man. All right, winners. So Dave's winners are Joe Burrow, we talked about, Miles Gaskin. Who's your third winner, Dave? My third winner is CJ Uzama. Oh, what a letdown. That's all right. I already did the yelling. I already did the yelling. I'm only doing it once per show. Sorry. Um, is is CJ Uzama a winner in a moving forward kind of way or just because he, he scored two be. touchdowns on tight end day? Like that was kind of that was the thought that I had is that if, if Zach Ertz is a, the best, let's just say without really adding anybody else to it, but one of the best touchdown or bust tight ends, I think Uzama should be, you know, maybe number two, maybe number three on that list of great touchdown or bust tight ends. Why, dude? So he's, an this, amazing he's had game. one game with more than three targets. I it's listen, the targets suck, but he's still finding the end Not zone. Not really. I mean, like, okay, last well, few weeks he has. Yeah, he had two touchdowns without Higgins, and he had he had three touchdowns in his last two games too. So that's what five this season. So yes, you're right. I was wrong. You're right. But there's like nothing there. It just seems so. Moelle Cox or Uzama? Ali Cox is playing half the snaps. We'll see what happens in the Sunday night game if he sees an uptick. I think I'd rather have Uzama. Uzama's running about as as many routes as Tyler Boyd has been. And he's making plays after the catch. The Bengals coaching staff might say, hey, maybe we should get this guy a little bit more involved. We need some downfield threats besides Jamar Chase. They can't rely on Jamar Chase. Well, maybe they can. Mm. Jamar Chase has been doing it all year. They probably can. But I, I wonder if Uzama takes on a, a little bit bigger of a role. For now, touchdown or bust tight end. All right, what uh, about Gaskin? We've gone way too long without talking about Gaskin. 15 carries, 67 yards. Malcolm Brown left with an injury early. Four catches, a lot. yeah. Four catches, ten yards, and a touchdown here for Gaskin, who's been the most frustrating player. He was started in sixty-three percent of leagues today. Uh, what do you think going forward at Buffalo? Unfortunately, next week. Well, probably <laughs> a game where he should be able to pick up some targets. Don't know how well he'll run the football in that game. He was started in sixty-three percent of leagues. Good yeah. job, guys. Yes, this he was. Next week. <laughs> Doesn't that amaze you, Dave? Because I think it must have just been the combination of injuries and bye weeks. I, I would have thought. I thought it would week, have been like 36, exactly, not 63. 100%. Yeah, he was starting Malcolm 63. Brown, if Malcolm Brown is out, I, I, I will feel a lot better about Gaskin. We learned through Brown's injury that the coaching staff still believes that Gaskin can do something, and he rewarded the coaching staff for it. He played 63% of the snaps today. So we'll see what goes down. We'll see what's up with Brown. And, um, yeah, maybe desperation running back, PPR. Okay, Heath. Start him over Brandon Bolden. That's a nice thing to say. Heath, you're up. You're winners. Yeah, we already talked about DeAndre Swift. I, I only found winners and losers from the running backs this week. I don't know why. But I think it was quite obvious before Mike Davis got hurt that Cordero Patterson is the number one running back for the Atlanta Falcons and maybe even a workhorse running back. I believe yep. Davis had like three or four touches in the first 50 minutes of this game. Um, it wasn't David Patterson's best game. He didn't have as much involvement in the passing game, and that would be a bit of a problem if it continues. But if he's going to get 15 to 18 touches with the way they've been getting him in space, he's the Falcons RB1, and he might be a fantasy RB1 until mm. this changes. We keep saying until this changes, and 
it probably will, but maybe it won't. And then the other know. guy was Michael Carter. Loved how involved they got him in the passing game, even in garbage time. Loved the fact that he was playing so much more in terms of touches than Ty Johnson. What do those two running backs have in common? Michael Carter and Cordero Patterson. They were coming off the bye. And what else? They play for really bad teams. And? <laughs> I don't know. They're better than the other guys in their backfield? And? <laughs> Yuzaba! They both logged season highs in playing time oh. coming off the bye week. Patterson played 73% of the snaps, more than he's played in any game so far this year. That includes the game that Calvin Ridley missed in London. And uh, Carter, 72% of the snaps. A season high by a large margin. Not to be confused with large margin. Large margin. <laughs> uh, but no Tevin Coleman. Coleman got hurt on Friday in practice. He didn't play in the game. And I think Carter acquitted himself very well in the passing game. Loved his receiving production. That's an element that the Jets might be able to build on. It also might be a Mike White thing and not a Zach yeah. Wilson thing. Yeah. So we'll see if the Zach Wilson injury, if that lingers on and Mike White starts for the Jets. That would make me consider Carter a number two fantasy running back in PPR pretty easily. Cool. Okay, those are some winners for you. We got losers coming up. Losers including... Amonra St. Brown and AJ Dillon and more. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, we'll talk about the week seven losers. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today, recording on this Sunday night. Thanks for watching here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Today. Thanks for listening on your device at home or wherever you are. Appreciate all of the support every single week. We love it. All right, Heath, your number one loser is Amon St. Not necessarily in order, but first one on the list is Amon St. Brown. Do you know who had more catches than Amon St. Brown today? Um, everybody else who played on the Lions? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, that's Daniel right. Daniel Jones also <laughs> had more catches than Amon Yeah, he played 66% of the snaps and just did not catch anything. Not only did he not catch anything, they didn't throw him the ball. And Khalif Raymond, uh, maybe more on him later, was was dominant. DeAndre Swift was his normal involved self. TJ Hawkinson was heavily involved, and there were just no Amon Ross St. Brown. So keep him or drop him? Oh, I think you can probably drop him. We're going to have two teams on a bye next week. Now, what Philadelphia does, I, I said it about Hunter Renfro this morning, and I think it's probably true about him as well. Their style of defense should open things up for him. The problem is... On the Raiders team, Hunter Renfro plays that role, and maybe one or two other guys plays that role, and they have guys that go deep also. On the Lions, everybody basically works within four yards of the line of scrimmage in the passing game. And so 
everyone will be open. Yeah. You ready for this? Today was Amonra's St. Brown's birthday. No. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. So, and somebody else who had more catches than St. Brown today was Jalen Ramsey, who had an interception of Jared Goff. And today is Jalen Ramsey's birthday. Oh, that's pretty cool. How did you know that? I heard it somewhere, and then I double-checked when I looked on the internet just now. That's good stuff. Uh, it was a bad birthday present. Damian Williams and Ramondre Stevenson were my other losers. Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson with the, uh, you did something wrong, you don't get to play this week. Uh, Bill Belichick message. He'll probably be back in a couple weeks to run for 150 yards and two touchdowns, but nope. we're going to have to probably drop him until that happens. I'm going to uh, be excited to pick him back up when that when once he's active. Like yeah. I can see myself scurrying on my league's waiver wires to grab him. Yeah, How come? Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, look, Damian Harris is doing a good job. He is, but he's also been beat up a little bit, and sometimes he doesn't play yeah. the Jets, and he has some bad numbers in those games. One fumble away from a five carry game. Right. So Stevenson, I think, it still has some appeal, even though he's inactive or he wasn't active. I, Heath, what do you think? Was he inactive because of the blown pass protection last week? I, mean, I don't know. I would never want to act like I know what Bill Belichick's thinking or doing, but that seems, they seem at least to possibly be correlated. Um, and then Damian Williams. I, I was not surprised that Khalil Herbert had the share of rush attempts that he did, but I really thought that Williams would at least do more in the passing game. Yep. Damian Williams, another guy who's going to be on the most dropped list. And let me tell you something. We got to talk about Khalil Herbert here because that game, you know, we usually kind of go in order of when the games were played and we may not get to that game for a while, but he continues to impress. He dominated the touches. Like Dave said, he had 100 yards. Let me get the exact numbers on Khalil Herbert. And I think he had five catches too. 18 carries, 100 yards, five catches for 33 yards. And, you know, the Packers had a pretty good run defense this year and he had 97 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries against them. He had the longest run of the year against the Green Bay Packers at least going into, I don't know if anybody had a long run against them today. I don't think so. Um, no, definitely not. They played Antonio Gibson yeah, and J.D. McKinney. Right, so no. So so Herbert still has that. I mean, this may have been a real steal for the Chicago Bears in the NFL draft. And as Shaggers telling me now that Tom Spencer, who Jamie talks about on, on the podcast, Tom Spencer comes on FFT on Sundays, and he's, uh, he's with the Nance and Romo crew, and he gives some insight. He said David Montgomery is still weeks away from returning. So, a uh, huge yeah, game for their bye. Uh, yeah, I hope so. So, they've Bears got have a week 10 bye, I believe. I'm double checking yeah. right now. San Francisco next week at Pittsburgh, then, Pittsburgh, then the bye. Then the bye. And he doesn't even matter what I can't. I, he looks like he's matchup proof. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. How about this, though? You'll like this, Adam. He played 78% of the snaps. That included all four of their red zone snaps and 11 of 12 snaps on third and fourth down. So all the valuable snaps that you want your running backs to play on, he's doing. Yeah. He's getting that workhorse role like David Montgomery would have. Pretty impressive. Okay, so we go to Dave's losers. Losers. Uh, <laughs> A.J. Dillon, Allen Robinson. Yeah, Dillon, Allen Robinson, and O.J. Howard. So A.J. Dillon, well, it's just a weird game for them. I mean, they just didn't run the ball, but Dillon had four touches, and he fumbled twice. He had negative fantasy points, and he played 25% of the snaps. So they might be realizing that Dillon may not be ready to be that 1B running back just yet, and you should be... uh, You shouldn't be that discouraged. Like, I know it sucks that Aaron Jones had a bad game, but... 
happens. The best players have bad games. Derrick Henry had a bad game. Um, if you think the guy in your league is upset about what Aaron Jones did, then see what it would take to acquire him via a trade. Yeah. And Jones had six carries for 19 yards. Dylan had three carries for 16 yards or six yards. Uh, what did you think OJ Howard? That was so disappointing. He oh, was wide terrible. open in the end zone. I got to tell yes. you, I don't know how much of that game you guys watched. Brady, believe it or not, was not, not him, not his super sharp, sharp self. Believe it. it yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they had like two goal to go situations near the end yep. of Brady's time in the game and they didn't score. And it was, that you don't see that with the Bucks, but he missed Brate a couple times. He on one on a touchdown. He missed Howard on an open touchdown. So, but Dave uh, OJ Howard may have just uh, might have been his last week that we use him anyway. But it's terrible. Yep, it was it was brutal. Uh, we expected at least double the targets that he got, and just he was open in the end zone. It would have been nice if that throw was there, and he would have had two catches and a touchdown. You would have said, okay, at least he scored. Didn't happen. Big time letdown game. I picked him up in so many leagues when Waller was out and uh, got just about the same amount of points that I got would have gotten from Darren Waller. It's been eating at me for the last four and a half hours. So I'm just tell you the stupid thing I did. I could have picked up Foster Moreau. I decided not to. I was like, I'm going to win this week anyway. I don't want to drop anyone. I had Darren Waller. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably going to lose because of it. And it's just, it's just, it has really truly been eating at me What's the lesson learned? I don't know that I made the wrong call. I just sometimes, you know, I, yeah, hate myself um, right now. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think the the, the lesson learned is to try not to let these things. I can't. You so <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, you you can. I you, just, you can. I'm so bad at myself. Okay. Atlanta 30 and Miami 28. We're already into the games. Okay, here we go. Matt Ryan. Uh, oh, Heath, I'm sorry. This is your thing. What do you got? Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, Matt Ryan and Tua Tagovailoa are both high-end number two quarterbacks rest of the season. Borderline number ones even. Atlanta plays Carolina next week, then New Orleans, and then Dallas. I don't love that schedule, but I would still say that Matt Ryan is in the conversation of a high-end number two fantasy quarterback, so I will agree with that part of it. Tua's got Buffalo. That sucks. And then Houston. That's great. Uh, And then Baltimore. Assuming he's still on the Dolphins, he'd be behind Matt Ryan and would probably be more of a middle-of-the-pack number two fantasy quarterback. So I guess I'm, I'm not believing you, Heath. Man, I just kind of think that things might just get better for Tua, assuming that Devontae Parker comes back like we think that he will and um, that the Dolphins don't. I, I am really just – and this might be something we have to address next week or in 10 days, and I'll have to wrap my head around it. It's really hard for me to believe that Deshaun Watson's going to get traded and play for a different team this season. Um, yeah, so that. assuming that doesn't happen – I really think he's taken a couple of steps the last two weeks against good matchups, admittedly, but there may be some confidence building, and I still don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well. So I think I'm, like, I think I'm a little more optimistic about Tua. The Colts version of CJ Uzama just scored. Yeah, Mo Ali I, I need to see it from Tunga Vailoa in a tougher matchup. Like if he scores three touchdowns against Buffalo in Week Eight, then yeah, he needs two. Hey, what about two? I think two would work. 
Well, yeah, how many turnovers are along the way? Does he have 300 yards? Does he, you know, blow kisses to the fans and tell everybody that he's a big, avid fantasy football fan? You know, the important stuff. Now, if the, if, if the numbers are good again, then I think people can start to trust Tua. But we've got to take all of his work the last two weeks with a big old grain of salt. What will be your interest level in Russell Gage? Four catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. 15% rostered. I think he should be about 40%. So I, there's definitely leagues where I'm going to try to add him. Um, but not in a probably, not in any non-PPR leagues, I don't think. And not in anything shallower than 12 teams for sure. And not in some of my 12-team leagues. Who are the receivers that are on by next week? Here, here's the list of receivers that I think people are starting that are going to be on by. Marquise Brown. End of list. <laughs> Only two teams on by. Maybe Hunter Renfro. I guess I should be a little more fair and say that Renfro is on that list. Gage probably would be uh, middle of the pack-ish in PPR leagues as a replacement. Okay, last question here. We got... High target volume, really good production, pretty consistently, I th- I'd say, from Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki. Kosicki had 85 yards and a touchdown. Waddle had seven catches for 83 yards. So what are we thinking about these guys going forward? Waddle and Kosicki. Are they sell highs? Are they buys? Are they just keep them, just, you know, holds? What do you think? Start them. I don't think you should buy high on them, and that's what you would have to do if you really set your sights on acquiring them. Do I think either one of them can be better than what they were over the last two weeks? No, no. I think Again, Waddle could. Who they played? Waddle's a rookie wide receiver. I, I, yeah. I, I think Gasicki. We're seeing probably the best of what he could be, but I don't want to trade him because I think he's a starting tight end, a legitimate one. Um, but I, I think Waddle, like if it wasn't for Jamar Chase, I think we'd be talking about what a great start Jalen Waddle's off to for a rookie wide receiver. You take him over Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith or Devontae Smith or Waddle? Waddle. At this point, it's got to be Waddle. It's closer in non-PPR, but it's it's a no-brainer in full PPR. Okay. And last one. Kadarius Tony or Waddle? Waddle. Um, I messed up. What'd you do? My my uh believe it or not, it was actually um one of the ones for the article. So Kyle Pitts is the top three tight end rest of the season. No, no, I'm going to say no. Well, the same thing that we said about Tua, I think, can apply to Pitts. He just got done ripping through Jacksonville and Miami. If that's the case, then I think Kyle Pitts might be a sell high. Because when I put the poll on Twitter, I believe 85% of people said yes. Were they really thinking, though? So, obviously, (laughs) they're not going to take him over Kelsey. Are they really going to take him over Mark Andrews? I don't think that's warranted. So then it's Waller versus versus Pitts, and I'd, I'd still take Waller. Although... I'm sorry. It was only 69.5% said Pitts. Wall, Waller does not... Waller has a bye this week, and Pitts is done with his, so there is that. He's mm-hmm. three or four, right? I mean, he's ahead of Hawkinson, okay. right? He's ahead of... Who else? Kittle. He's ahead of Kittle. So, yeah, he's awesome. All right, so uh, who do you who would you rather have in Dynasty? We got to wrap up on this game here. We're going to be here forever. But who would you rather have in Dynasty? Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? Chase, Chase, and that is the believe it or not. I actually have two for this next game. That's the next game, right? Cincinnati, Baltimore. Yeah. Transition. Uh, Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. The number one receiver in Dynasty. I'm in. Yep. 
Absolutely. You're in, you've seen enough, you know that this is the guy. I still think about AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson and what they're capable of doing. I just the the thing is he was better than them in college and he's been better through his first seven NFL games than they were. Than anyone. Uh, he is the most than yards ever. ever. Yeah. And so, uh, you know who yeah. his quarterback is going to yes. be for a long time. Stability. Yep. Yeah. I think he became the number one dynasty wide receiver on that 83 yard slant that should have been like <laughs> yeah. a five yard gain. I think that play is where he, like, that's the play where he became number one. It was true. Yeah, maybe. Tremendous. I, I think the argument can be made. He, I, off the top of my head, I'm thinking he's top three at the very least. And then the other one, because um, I did have one for each side of this game, because it's a really in- interesting game. Yeah. You don't have to hold any of the Baltimore running backs through their bye. <laughs> uh, I don't believe it. I'm absolutely holding Who? Freeman. Freeman? Four carries? <laughs> four carry Freeman. He might be four carry Freeman, but he played a bunch of the snaps for them. For whatever reason, I don't have it right in front of me. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, well, he didn't have a ton. 40%. 30%. Man, I swear, carry. if you're going to tell hold, this split. hold on. If you're gonna Freeman hold- at 39%. Le'Veon at 31%. Tyson had 30%. If you're going to hold one of them, it might be Latavius Murray. He could be back. He could easily be back. Zero percent of the snaps. <laughs> yeah. He could easily be back after the bye. Is that the one? Is that the best Baltimore running back to have right now, Latavius Murray? I would bet on Freeman. I would really. Bet. He just—I I know he didn't have a lot of work, and this whole backfield is ugly. And this was a terrible people. matchup. The Bengals' run defense has been amazing this it year. It has. It really has. But I still thought that we'd get. I'm happy that Freeman led the way. I wish that he had had another 10% of the work and maybe 5% off of Le'Veon and Tyson. I don't think Le'Veon looks that great. Prisco thinks that Le'Veon looked pretty good, but I think he's he's lost a step and still running very patiently. That's a bad combination. All right. Uh, last, last thing on this game here. I know I had Let's something. Let's put it this way, Adam. I think if you were to drop okay. either Latavius or Le'Veon during their bye, someone would pick them up and carry them through the bye for you. Not Le'Veon. Latavius or Freeman, you mean? Yeah, Latavius or Freeman. I'm sorry. I, I said Le'Veon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Do we have any concerns here? He's got one game this year with more than one passing touchdown and one game with any rushing touchdowns, I think. Uh, he had two. What, what, what do you have, 24 two. fantasy points today? Yeah. That's a good he game. Was, I just, the rushing was very encouraging. Wasn't That's something that hasn't been a staple. So I, I like that part of his game. Um, he was throwing the ball really well early on, and then I think he he and the whole offense just kind of flamed out. So what do we have any concerns about Lamar Jackson? No. All right. Nope. He's still a top six fantasy quarterback. Giants 25, Panthers 3. Believe it or not, Dante Pettis matters more for fantasy than Robbie Anderson. In two weeks, neither one's going to matter. That is not the question. Hopefully, in one week, uh, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to believe. I'm going to not disbelieve it. I mean, man, the Giants get the Chiefs' defense next week. They're going to have greater no reason to believe any of the other Giants' wide receivers are going to be able to play football. No, I, I think what you've got a a 33 percent chance that at least one of them's back. Well, last we, last week we went in thinking that, and the one guy we were pretty sure was going to play is the one that didn't. Yeah, but it's not like John Ross had a good game, really. He just he fell on top of someone and, and no Dante tumbled. Pettis. 
sorry, Dante Pettis, and tumbled into the end zone. He had five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown on five targets. Um, I mean, I, I think Darius Slayton would uh, I, I, do this one again with Darius Slayton. Or so you think Darius Slayton matters more? Well, I think yes. everybody thinks Darius Slayton matters more than Robbie Anderson. Well, he's 15% rostered, so. You should go at them both. Or, or just, you know, pick a better offense. But what else Look, are we going to talk about in this game? <laughs> I think I think Slayton is going to stick around in the offense when everybody's healthy. Even when Shepard's back and Tony's back and Galladay's back, you'll still see Slayton at times. They'll, he'll replace guys in three receiver sets. When they go four wide, I don't know how often they will, but when they do it, he'll play. I don't think Dante Pettis has a chance of seeing work when everybody's healthy. So I know everybody hates on Sam Darnold and he had all those rushing touchdowns, but he also had 297 or 295 or more yards in each of his first four games of the season. And he's played so poorly now the last three weeks. I don't really think that DJ Moore can have that true breakout season. I mean, it could be really good. Like it has been each of the last two years, a great player, but I don't know. I just, it looked like, it looked like it was going to be that a special year. And we, he was going to be that great draft pick. And I just, I'm having doubts now. We kind of do this same thing with him that we do with Terry McLaurin though. Like he has a bad game. We're like, yeah, he just can't be a number one wide receiver with quarterback play this bad. And then the next week he got eight for 120. But it's, I mean, maybe, but 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 the thing is, McLaurin hasn't been a top 12. Well, we think McLaurin's better than Moore in fantasy, right? I had Moore ranked a lot higher this week. Oh, well, because of the last matchup. week. Okay, but, but Ryan Fitzpatrick will be back soon. We think, put it this way, we think the Washington passing game is better than the Panthers passing game, right? Probably now. Can, wait, yeah. can we go back to the whole Teddy Bridgewater versus Sam Darnold thing and, and agree that Teddy Bridgewater is better than Sam Darnold? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Even though Teddy had a terrible game. But yeah, I mean, yeah. even if we do this with D- even he, he didn't get benched. Darnold did. Even if we do this with DJ Moore, I mean, he he has not been an elite fantasy receiver. So sure, but I'm still gonna start him. Absolutely. He might perform like a number two fantasy receiver. Next week, he's taking on Atlanta. The expectations are going to be just as high for him next week as they were this and week. Like, I don't know what it means exactly to be an elite fantasy wide receiver, but coming into this week, he had the same number of points as Marquise Brown. He was one point behind Jamar Chase. He was wide receiver eight. I'm just, look, he had six catches like, for 73 yards. That's, it's a really good game. And I, I just I think he's going to be a really good receiver. I, I just I'm kind of losing my faith that DJ Moore is going to be when we look back, you know, one of the best picks in fantasy, total breakout, second round no. pick next year, that kind of. He's guy. going to be what he's consistently been, which is a good number two fantasy receiver. Okay, let's move on. New England fifty four, Jets thirteen. That I had to make sure that that was really the score. It was hard to believe. Fifty was that a score, Gami? It was not. Mm, that's disappointing. Cardinals game was. Yeah. Believe it or not, if Hunter Henry is your only tight end, you should really be pretty active in trying to to find a starting tight end. I believe it. And He's good a touch luck, good luck to tight you. end. I'd rather have Ertz. <laughs> good luck to you in your endeavors. Well, but like I think Hunter Henry is closer to um Uzama and Mo Ali Cox 
than he is to Gronk when he's okay or Hawkinson or even really Noah Fant. Where, what do you think of him versus Ertz? I think I'd rather have Ertz for sure. I think I would too. Yeah. And I agree with everything you're saying. That was fantastic. Great, yeah. Super duper. So who do they have next week? They have the Chargers next week, so don't uh, don't drop Jacoby Myers. Well, they should be able to run the ball against the Chargers. You know, I they, think they'll try. Yeah, as long as they can hang with them. Interesting. Oh, all right, Jacoby Myers, keep him or drop him? 80% rostered. You can drop him. You can absolutely drop him in non-PPR leagues, half PPR leagues, full PPR. I still think he's worth a bench spot. Yeah, I mean, I, the the you can drop him in full PPR is more of a if there's someone you really got to Like we find out Miles Sanders, well, I don't know what the Miles Sanders is a good example because who knows who the Eagles running back is if Sanders is out for a long time. Well, qualify it. Let's say Miles Sanders doesn't play next week. Gainwell is on the waiver wire. I just don't, I don't, he's your worst player on your bench. I don't know that Gainwell is going to get more than eight touches next week. I would drop Jacoby Myers for T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I would too. Tennessee 27, Kansas City three. Uh, Believe it or not, the Chiefs suck. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. What the heck is going on, Heath? Um, I have no explanation at all. It's like, there, it is very true that there has been a ton of bad luck combined with a ton of bad play combined with a ton of bad coaching. There's no there's no silver lining here except that they still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, so it'll probably be fine. I did run a Twitter poll, um, will the Chiefs make the playoffs? Would you vote yes or no on that? Believe it or not, the Chiefs will not make the playoffs. Will not make the playoffs? Or the, believe it or not, the Chiefs will make the playoffs. Yeah. Seven teams can make it. I think they can make it. They will it. make it. Yeah, I, I believe do. in them. They 51% are going to... 51% said no. I mean, they're going to annihilate the Giants next week. They're going to take it all out on them. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think the <laughs> offensive line's part of the problem. Four sacks by the Titans? And it was much worse than that. Like, he was yeah. running yeah. for his life. Um, but, like, the Panthers beat okay. the Jets, right? Who, what? The Panthers, the Panthers beat, beat the, the Jets. Jets week one. And the Jets yeah. beat the Titans. And the Titans beat the Chiefs. And the Giants <laughs> beat the Panthers. I'm pretty sure the Giants should be favored. I can't imagine anyone betting on the Chiefs this week. What do you think the spread's going to be? I think it's going like, to be nine and a half. It's in Kansas City? Yeah, on Monday night. It should be 17. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to be 10 and a half. The early line is... Not listed. Oh, I wonder if it's not listed because of the hit that Mahomes yeah. took. It is Chiefs okay. minus ten. Oh, so, he did I right in the middle. Ben's looking. There we go. I don't have it in front of me. Where are you seeing that? New Jersey sports books. Okay, fine. Okay, let's talk about Julio Jones. AJ Brown with another really good game. 133 yards and a touchdown. Great game for AJ Brown. He was awesome. Uh, Julio Jones, two catches for 38 yards on four yeah. targets. What yeah. do we do with Julio Jones, Dave? You wait until there's a game where there's a favorable matchup and like the Chiefs, theoretically a better game script. Listen, <laughs> it, it's crazy how it happened, right? Just it wasn't Derrick Henry running away with it. It was Kansas City turning the ball over. It was Brian Tannehill having a nice game, and just not a lot there for Julio Jones. I don't, I didn't really watch him to see um, how spry he looked. He did have one play for I think it was 20 yards 
where there was a catch and run element to it, and he looked okay on that play. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll take it moving forward. But I think the days of him being seven catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown are gone. I think he's clearly the number two receiver in this offense behind A.J. Brown. He's going to have some good weeks along the way. He's proven earlier this year that he can have some good games. The matchup against Seattle is an example. One good game but, this year. He's one good yeah, game. So I, let me well, let me. He's barely played in six games. Let me tell you. I, let me. I think he's a number three receiver. All right. So T. Higgins or Julio Jones? Higgins. I'm leaning toward Higgins. Miles Gaskin or Julio Jones? Julio. Julio, unless you need a running back badly. I was a little disappointed with the Titans. Only 29 carries for Derrick Henry. I think they really need to get him more involved. Green yeah. Bay 24, Washington 10. Hey, one more thing about the Chiefs. Okay. Tyreek Hill has under 80 yards in four of six games. That's what he does. But no, I look at... He was probably a top 10 receiver. If not, No, he's probably a top five receiver going into the week because his two huge games have just been so good. But it's been really frustrating with him. Is he a buy low? Oh, I would buy low. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he was the number two receiver in fantasy going into this week. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, I can't. Well, Tyler Lockett's probably still like top fifteen. Um, you have two enormous games. I don't know where Lockett is actually, but um... Lockett is. Uh, I'm surprised he's this low, twenty fifth. Hmm. But yeah, I mean Tyreek Hill had twenty, had thirty six points in week one. And forty-seven points in week two, and he did have twenty. He did have a very good game in week six, but it was, he had the touchdown. But all right, guys. Anyway, back to uh, back to the task at hand here. Green Bay, Chicago. Green Bay, Green Bay, Washington. Uh, believe it or not, Robert Tunyon's a thing again. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, at Arizona. No. At Kansas City. You want to talk about yards? He's got ten or fewer yards. In five of seven games. He plays the Chiefs in two weeks. And then the Seahawks. Could reconsider. What did I just see? Did you see that play? I'm sorry. I know yeah. we don't usually talk about Sunday Night Football. Carson Wentz just made one of the worst plays of the year. It oh. was a great throw if he was a 49er. Holy cow, is that bad? At the five-yard line, no less. Wow. Okay. So, uh, no, I'm not buying it. or I'm, I'm not believing it. Robert Tunyon's not a thing. Dave, agree? Disagree? I agree. I agree. Okay, give me your take on the Washington backfield. Both of them had pretty disappointing games. Uh, Yeah. Gibson, I don't think, looked that great. He played 41% of the snaps. I think that was predictable going into this one, figuring that Aaron Rodgers would have his way with the Washington defense. McKissick played 64% of the snaps. McKissick was better in full PPR. I think when you start Gibson, the first question you have to ask yourself is, can he score? And then the second question is, can the football team stay close early on? Can that score come in the first half that lets Washington stick around in the game? Because he needs game script at this point. They had a couple games. That that happened in this game, though. Like They kept it close for a while, and they had the ball... They had the ball at the one yard line, I think, multiple times. 
Yeah, oh, they, they could have scored a lot of points in this game. I mean, Heineke could have had a, an even bigger game. Heineke rushed for 80, 95 yards. 95 yards, he threw right. An interception he in the end zone. They got stuffed at the goal line. They had a goal line stand, the Packers did. I mean, the, the Washington left a ton of points on the board. So they were in it. They had some opportunities. Gibson fumbled inside the five yard line. Washington recovered it. Um, McKissick, though, I mean, look, they're down 21 7 at halftime, I think. This is what I was no, talking about, right? 21-7 early third quarter. Okay. So this is what I was talking about with McKissick. You know, every almost every game has been a McKissick game script. He's not... It's not like you can just play that game with him. He had a fine game, but it was really disappointing. It was nine PPR points. Yeah, it was right? disappointing. So, no Alex Collins. What? He, he was no Alex Collins. Oh, I thought you were saying Collins wasn't playing. To, <laughs> no, I was saying J.D. McKissick was no Alex Collins. I was bringing back the joke from what? last week. I don't remember that joke. We had the big fight over whether Alex Collins was good or not, and I kept no, saying No, that was Devontae Booker. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, you messed up the joke, and you but scared me. But Alex Collins me. did score 10 in that the week before. Okay. Alex Collins was involved somehow. <laughs> I'm not saying that McKissick had a great game. Nine PPR points is not. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, Gibson, again, start him at Denver. Like, Denver's... Heath, congratulations. You, you killed me on that Denver debate. They I'm suck. starting him against Denver, yes. Okay. I don't think the Broncos are going to blow Washington out. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. To the late games. Rams 28, Detroit 19. You're, you're going to make... You're not going to like this one, but believe it or not, Khalif Raymond is a waiver wire priority. Uh, I don't believe that he's a priority. I think you can put him on your list. He seems to be very inconsistent. If you look at his his game log, you'll you'll notice that. He's really fast, but he's also really small, and he still makes plenty of mistakes. He just didn't make as many this week. I'm I'm not ready to say that this is the new number one receiver in Detroit and that Detroit's always going to be trailing, and this should be the guy. I'm I'm kind of believing in him, but I think I believe him to the point where he's no better than a low-end number three receiver. I want to go back and look at that Minnesota game because I'm wondering if he got hurt or something. Because other than the Minnesota game, the last five games, last this week he had 17 fantasy points on eight targets. He had nine fantasy points the week, 9.7 on seven targets. He's got a the against the Bears, he had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Against the Ravens, he had 12 PPR points on 10 targets. Yep. Like four of his last five games, he's been fantasy relevant. Yep. Um, that Vikings he's- game really kind of throws a wrench in things, but I think he might just be their number one wide receiver. <laughs> I like that he's had at least six targets in three of his last four games. Four of his I last like five. He's played. I uh, is that right? Four of his last five. Yeah, you're right. Four of his last five. I'm not including what happened today. Uh, I like that he's played at least sixty percent of the snaps every single week. That includes sixty eight percent of the snaps against the Vikings. I, I just don't think he should be the priority. At wide he should receiver. not be the number one priority. No, he should be on the me. list of wide on your receivers. Board. We're, we're going to talk about him this week. Yes. We're going to yeah. talk about That's all I want. Yeah. Ahead of Dante Pettis, ahead of Darius Slayton. Pettis for sure, probably Slayton. Yeah, he's got more long-term value than Slayton. Would you put Dallas Goddard or Noah Fant or Ertz or whatever, or Gronk at this point, ahead of Hawkinson? Hmm. Man, I'd be really tempted. I'd be really tempted, actually, with all three of them. You know, Hawkinson was okay. 10.8 PPR fantasy points, but 
a Booker game. But the for thing, a tight end, that's pretty good. The thing that worries me is like the Lions. It's like a kicked dog, and they're very, very enthusiastic, and they keep getting excited, and they keep getting kicked right in the face, and eventually the dog is going to stop getting excited. Like you can't do that six, seventeen times. Eventually, they're not as excited about biting a kneecap. It, it it's just, I'm I'm worried that this team's going to just really 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 stink at some point because they haven't been near like jared goff was getting made fun of a little bit for saying they're better than their record they're a lot better than their record they've lost two games on miracle field goals and they just lost this game to the rams that they were in until the end robert woods or dj moore let's go to the rams robert woods or dj moore more more robert woods or tyler lockett rest of season woods i think i'm gonna say lockett Okay, Woods had six catches for 70 yards on six targets. He also had a two-point conversion. And, you know, he finds a way to get you 12-ish PPR fantasy points. I think he had 15 in this game. So, yeah, he's had uh, 14. In this year, he's had 11, 11, 6, 14, 27, 11, and 15 PPR fantasy points. Usually, he is a number three receiver. He had one big week. Okay, Okay. Tampa Bay. You know what? I'll change my tune. I'll say Woods over Lockett just based on the consistency that he gives you. He's not going to, he'll have the occasional big game. We saw that two games ago and he's not as up and down as, as Lockett's going to be. Okay. Let's go to Tampa Bay 38, Chicago three. Um, This was more conceptual. I don't know how much it actually matters, but I think, believe it or not, Justin Fields is bizarro. Jalen hurts. You mean horrible Jalen hurts. No, no, I mean that as much as we talk about Jalen Hurts, fantasy production never matches the way that he played because he was not near as good as the fantasy points he scores. I get it. Every week, there's at least a half dozen plays that I see just in the course of watching the games when I'm not watching every Bears play where Justin Fields throws a ball on time in the perfect place and it's not a reception. Just over and over. And and then also, like I want to be clear, he did a terrible job sensing pressure, which he was under for the entire game, and he turned the ball over way too much, and a couple of those were actually his fault. But he's got interceptions going off of people's hands. He's got drop passes. He's got all kinds of dumb things happening around him. And I don't think he's near as bad as his statistics indicate. Right. You can throw the offensive line being a nightmare in there, too. I I, I get what you're saying. It's just it's it's the I'm bad buying him working out for Hurts. It's just not going to work out for Fields anytime soon. Yeah, I get what you're saying too. Uh, I just I said horrible Jalen Hurts because I thought you were talking about fantasy, but yeah. So well, he's that. Uh, okay. I think right. he's a more accurate passer than Jalen Hurts. Yes. Oh yeah. He will eventually be good, and he might eventually be really, really good. If you're looking at this Bucks, uh, the Bucks stats, Ronald Jones got a lot of carries kind of late. And they really seemed to want to get him in the end zone. He almost got in, but it was Leonard Fournette's show. And he scored 15 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. You could have predicted a big game from Goblin. And you did get the the tight coverage from the top cornerback on Mike Evans, but he sure was did. awesome in this game. I mean, he made some contested catches. He had three touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, Brady really found him. I don't think there's much more to talk about there. Las Vegas 33, Philadelphia 22. Man, I don't know where to go. Like, I don't think the running back thing is actually going to matter if Josh Jacobs is okay and they're on a bye. Um, believe, like, do a Devontae Smith one. 
believe it or not, Devontae Smith is droppable in a 10-team league. How about just droppable in general? I don't think he's that. I don't think he is either. That's why you asked the question, though. <laughs> right. In PPR, it's much easier to stick with it. him. Yeah, I don't believe it. I'd like for him to see it through, but... He's mostly just, needed garbage time, too, right? Yeah. I, I, I wonder what he would... Not earlier in the year. I wonder what his numbers would be like if he had a quarterback like Joe Burrow, or if he had a quarterback like even Tua. Not that Tua is the greatest, but Tua is playing better than Jalen Hurts is right now. And those rookie receivers that were drafted in round one are doing pretty well. We're happy to have them in fantasy. I think he's also being held to a high standard because of Chase and a little bit of Waddle. Uh, but I think if you, overall, if you look at his numbers, they're pretty good for a rookie. Well, I think part of it is also, though, he was viewed coming out as the most ready, as the highest floor guy. Like, everybody else might need uh, a little bit of time. Uh, more so than... More, more so than, than Chase? I don't Chase. know. Chase but couldn't catch right the ball on training yeah, camp. That, don't you remember? That, he he needed still. stripes on the balls because he didn't couldn't adjust to the NFL ball. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's the same thing. Camp. I don't think that's the same thing. But, uh, yeah, so anyway... Um, Wait, I want to see. What is this guy talking about? This guy seems to be mad at us. Don't know bleep about Jacobs. I'm out. What are you talking about? I hope we don't know bleep about whether Jacobs is hurt or not. Did, were we supposed to break the news? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, dude. Uh, some of the comments are pretty funny. Okay, so let's uh, let's finish up. Devontae Smith. Would you rather have Devontae Smith? Uh, uh, or... Shoot, man. This is hard. Hunter Renfro. Okay. Yeah. Smith or Renfro? Smith. Uh, if I had to... This is the thing. I'd probably take Smith because I think he has more upside. If yep. I had to bet on who's going to score more PPR points the rest of the season, I would bet on Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Julio Jones or Devontae Smith? Smith. Whoa. You take Renfro over Julio Jones then? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Probably got more, I, he's got more points I, than him. I think I'd probably take Smith over Jones, too. Wow. All right, next game is Arizona-Houston, 31-5. Hopefully, right, that, hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be the score of the Atlanta-Houston game, too, like, by the way. Like I, this is going to take a little bit of work because I started off with Chase Ed, Edmonds as a loser, but believe it or not, Zach Ertz is a problem for Chase Edmonds. Because when oh, I yeah. sent it in that he was a loser, James Conner had seven carries, Chase Edmonds had six carries, and Edmonds did not have a catch. Now, the third quarter and fourth quarter was all Edmonds and Conner, and more Edmonds than I expected, really, in, yeah. in running the clock out. Absolutely. Which kind of saved his bacon. Different. Yeah, he had one catch in the game. 15 carries, 81 yards, one catch for nine yards for Edmonds. He had seven carries for 48 yards in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I, I still believe it. Yeah. Heath, yeah. So it's it's officially, believe it or not, Zach Ertz is a problem for Chase Edmonds? Yes, and you officially believe it. I'd say I it. I'd expand it to, believe it or not, Zach Ertz is a problem for everyone on the team, except for Kyler. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think it changes anything for Hopkins, and I'm not sure it changes anything for A.J. Green. Because um, Green is doing things different than what Rondale... I think Rondale Moore and Edmonds are the two I'm really worried about. You did have... I'm not saying I disagree, but you did have, I think, a season low in targets for A.J. Green. He only had three. He did. I know he had six and five of his first six games. I don't remember about the other one, but... But how... Only, was 28 passes a yeah, season low for Kyler? Probably. Or close to it. 
I don't. I think it's probably the second lowest. Um. Yeah. So, Chase Edmonds is interesting. Kyler. No. Yeah. That was this. That was a season low for him. He's been. He's been 32, 31, 30, 28 pass attempts in his Did last. Did he only have 10 rushing yards in this game? Yep, that's, that's 17 it. in his last three games combined. <laughs> but but he's doing he's so good. I mean, he's just on fire. We have to stop. I think that he is forcing us to think of him differently. I mean, he is a passing quarterback and he's crushing it. It's he true. is. Come on. There'll come a game where he goes off running the football. Well, there might be two or three of them left this year where he has a good rushing game. I'm not talking about just running one in from five yards out, like 40 plus rushing yards. Like he's but. basically been awesome in three games, bad in two games, and good in two games. Mm-hmm. Bad? What was, what's bad? He had 17 yeah, that's bad. and 15. Yeah. In terms of fantasy points. Yeah, he threw for 316 yards in one of those games. I thought we were just talking about fantasy points. No, I'm not just talking about fantasy points. He's he is becoming a different quarterback. He's throwing the ball really well. And okay, I was just talking about how I don't like the rushing because of the, what it does to the fantasy production. I we can all I agree. Not, we can all agree on that. I'd rather him be okay. running. Yeah, but I did this a few weeks ago. I said something like buy or sell. Kyler Murray can still be elite without the rushing totals. So we can do that again if you'd like. But the, but at that point it was like twenty yards a game, not five. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I, I guess I mean, would you would you sell Kyler Murray? Would you sell Kyler Murray to for Lamar Jackson and something? I would sell him for Patrick Mahomes, which you might be able to do after today. I think you'd have to throw in something, uh, something, something with Kyler Murray. Not a great starter, but you know maybe someone. I was going to say someone along the lines of Robert Woods, but I think you can probably give somebody a little bit less than that. Is it controversial to say I don't, I don't see why Mahomes shouldn't be ranked ahead of him? Just straight up? No. He's Mahomes. You don't think Mahomes should be ranked ahead of him? No, I do think he should. I, I still, yeah, that's what we're saying. That's why we would trade Kyler for Mahomes. But that's what Dave was saying. You have to. Oh, you have to give Kyler and something for Mahomes? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. I'm right. sorry. I, I heard that the other way. Uh, I, I think plenty of people. If I did a Twitter poll right now, Kyler or Mahomes, I, I feel confident Kyler would win. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Good show, guys. Good week. Gotta love it. Week seven. All right. Uh, well, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hey, Adam. What? We survived the binado. We did. My fantasy teams, uh, not so much. Not a great week, but uh, we gotta get some guys back. <laughs> We got to get some guys back next week. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Me, Chris, and Jacob Gibbs breaking things down for you, giving you the advanced stats and the look at Sunday Night Football and that ridiculous Carson Wentz interception. Uh, For Dave and Heath and Schrager, I'm Adam. See you. Oh, Dave Hines, bad drop. See you later. a very bright shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply